Welcome to Reality's Edge, a world of the future. With the promises of edit tomorrow replaced with corporate greed, cynicism and breakdown. Wait a second, this is today's paper. Fortify Niche. Hello everyone. Uh, this Hello. is Fortified Niche, your podcast about non-mainstream uh, war games. Uh, this is your host, Martinez JC Dent Klimas, as always, and I am joined by, by my co-host. Hello, I'm Casa. Yeah, Casa, how are you today? Uh, I'm good. I got to do some went to the doctors and found out my hearing is average. So you know, add that to the bio. Oh yeah, yeah. I've also been uh, like you know t- to to test my hearing to the doctors because uh, I keep uh, missing stuff or something. Turns out I have a medically o- my my hearing is medically okay, so it probably <laughs> says something bad about me as a person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Personally, is endemic to our population. In, um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, cis heads represent boy. Well, it's also a day off on my end. It's a public holiday, and I got to play Total Warhammer 2 for three hours, modded, of course. And uh, I struck an alliance with uh, the Camry as the High Elves, so, so that's something. Uh, I assume your mods had um, BTRs. <laughs> uh, if I knew how to mod, they'd be Elves in BMP once uh, immediately. Sounds pretty cool. And still would be less OP than any horse archers they put in the game. Anyways, uh, going on to this subject, we played Reality's Edge uh, from Osprey. Joseph Maguire, um, created by it's a total conversion. I would I would use that kind of verbiage because I used to play Doom TCs. Um, oh, this is not a test. Yeah, yeah, but unlike this is not a test, uh, Reality's Edge is a cyberpunk game. Uh, and as every cyberpunk game, the premise is that uh, uh, shit sucks. That's that's how the scientists p- put it. And uh, you are one of the uh, precariat, mercenary precariat, I guess you'd say. Uh, I, I'm, I'm only using that word because I forgot how you call those people who to gig economy uh, gig economy mercenary technically yeah uh, or, or, or something like it. like I think I think this is this is one of those things around the game because the I, because the developer put a lot of like shit that's going down right now into it so like so you're you're a mercenary basically going on the mercenary app like in the uh, I guess for third season of uh, Westworld, spoiler alert, it sucks. But yeah, so yeah, that's about it. You have your you have your gang. The other player has their gang, and like in Infinity and in other games, you keep just keep running into each other all all the dang time. Man, can you kind of be war games or RPGs, tabletop games? Sorry, sure, are having a bit of a renaissance. Like I Hunt came out not super long after this one. And it was also basically about you playing precarious workers getting by by murder. Yeah, of varying amounts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, murder over Fiverr. Murder from Upwork. Uh, 
goons are us, but this time is it's not cool because it's not unionized. Uh, yeah, and uh, also Reality's Edge uh, has a bit of history be- be- uh, behind it. Like, I mean, personal history for us too, because it's possible. It was one of those games that we uh, discussed over Discord, uh, which eventually uh, metastasized and uh, burst into this podcast. Mm. Be- yeah, because we loved uh, looking into games and then just. Let's call it sharing stuff about them. Yeah, sharing Grognard, the classic version of like toilet back um, game reading. Wow, I've read, this, read about this cool game. No one will ever play it with me. Me too. Maybe we could do something <laughs> together. Hey, Grognard is like, uh, uh, true Grognardism is uh, complaining that the rules aren't like they used to be in the old days and then uh, being mad that some, some, some obscure tank isn't in the game. But yeah, no, so this, uh, so, uh, I don't know if there's too much more to talk about uh, the premise without getting into the rules because it's, I think, tied you into all your the- favorite cyberpunk settings and pieces of media, and it's this conglomeration of that to a lesser or greater degree. It's all the Euromanta books. It's Journey to Monarch. It's Blade Runner. Like it's it's everything except Shadowrun. Uh, Shadowrun is name dropped. I'm pretty sure in the start of the book because. You kind of have to mention Shadowrun if you're making any sort of tabletop um, cyberpunk thing. The thing is, uh, in this game, like I, 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 I don't know if we should go, go with. Okay, I, I immediately want to talk about army building, but we should talk about the rules. <laughs> um, you can have your ice cream when you eat your peas and carrots. Okay, this is a D10 system, and sometimes you need a D6, but it's a D10 system. Your target number is always 10. Mm-hmm. So you roll your dice, you roll, you add the relevant stat, and if you beat the, beat or equal 10, I think, yep. uh, then you succeed. Uh, yeah, it's a roll-off game. I mean, most of the time you're not rolling off because as, as far as I remember, shooting is just tar- trying to hit the target number. Ah, true, yep. Uh, and that's it. It, it has it actually... Uh, that doesn't actually have like what you'd say, what you'd call armor saves, because after you hit, you roll off to wound, and then you deal half your weapon strength in damage. If 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 the if the other player fails to uh, fails there, not fails, fails to beat you. Yeah. Yeah, and hacking attacks generally have a. Um, set damage amount, whether it's a D3 or above, or extra if you're a weird robot person or cyborg person, or sorry, cybernetic person, not cyborg person. Nothing about being a cyborg. Um, and, ha- and melee attacks melee attacks and cyber attacks are both pretty straightforward. I roll my dice and add my stat, and you roll your dice and add your stat. And whoever wins does the thing. Yeah, and uh, I guess you can't have a cyberpunk game without hacking. So as we mentioned, most of uh, hacking stuff exists in this game. The uh, <laughs> the only difference is that more than an infinity, you can uh, hack enemies' cybernetics and enemies' weapons, usually for uh, disabling purposes, so not entirely, not too exciting. Uh, consoles uh, also exist on every battlefield, almost like an infinity but they are a lot more finicky and you definitely need a hacker character uh, to, to to really interact with them though there's some safeguards in that your main dude gets this one 
basically modem router they can patch into the patch into the console and then their uh, shadow backer avatar can take over and shadow backer avatar is another fixed member of your group and he's one of the digital beings uh which leads to an interesting way this game treats the usual uh, cyberpunk problem with uh visual uh, virtual realm hacking like you know uh your johnny mnemonics or uh if you or i don't know tron not tron the Shadowrun issue with the Shadowrun issue in the RPGs is that once uh, once you get to the hacker character, he goes on to play a different game than the rest of the group, and they can can just sit around with genitals in their hands, and that's it. Uh, meanwhile, this game solves it by putting the hacker programs, ice, black ice, and whatever, on the tabletop together with you. They they move around. They can't really interact physically with other characters, being digital. Though there's one bit of somewhat inexplicable stuff is that they, if they want to enter buildings, they have to move through doors and openings. I quite like the simplicity of the hacking in the same way that Infinity's hacking is this, I'm doing an altered version of shooting at you with a relatively special effect. Rather than, I'm going to now play a different game to you and you get to try and deal with that. Yeah, and uh, subsequently, digital entities have smaller stat lines because they don't do that much stuff. They inter- all their interactions are via hacking, so they only have stats that that matter to hacking. And one of the things that we kind of learned to do through this game is that it's not explicitly stated which effects uh, target. Uh, like you know actual physical characters and which target uh, virtual characters but it's said that say metal tests uh, and stuff if the character doesn't have a metal test they don't even have to do it they're not affected and virtual virtual uh, beings don't have any many of those more physical fleshy stats so if they get caught into uh, into in an area if they're miniatures i get caught in the area effect attack they just ignore it because like you know they don't have the stat or if you want it to be more very similar to the you know yeah 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 you can't you can't grenade you can't grenade a hacking attempt out of the air hacking is like if it's the best opponent it's your hacking stat versus their firewall stat which generally isn't great if they're not like a firewall character like a fellow hacker or an AI or um, your boss but like or a Thunderbolt can have pretty good firewall, and you've had ways to boost it. But it does that thing I love, where if you're supporting your friend, there's no role. You just get it. You can buff your mate's movement or shooting and just go for it. There's no questions about it. It costs you an AP still, but you're not going to, like, fumble turning on your um, friend's red dot scope, which is neat. It, it encourages you to do it. it. encourages you to do it, which I think is useful and important and helps you. encourages you to do it. Yeah, but there. It encourages you to do it by removing the friction between you wanting to do it and it happening. Yeah, yeah, and uh, the, there's like uh, one, 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 one neat thing about hacking, like we mentioned already, summoning crowds with hacking, but it, it, it does have quite a few like environmental effects or the, the yeah. ones that that uh, say, out that the ones that imply that this is like happening in a cyberpunk urban environment, there's like a race barrier skill that 
Sure, essentially it provides you with uh, free uh, linear cover where you'd where you where you'd like it. But like you know, this is this is watchdogs. This is raising barriers in the streets. Yes, yeah. uh, there's cell, also ice wall. <laughs> yeah, th there's also havoc that places and uh, that uh, places a bit of difficult terrain or something next to a building uh, because, like you, you know, you're fucking with the lights and the extinguishers. Yeah, are you flashbang your opponent's models and take away their OP and just like the worst bad feel kind of action you can do to someone? <laughs> and he I did it. I don't think they should have a turn. Let's not give them one. Hey, it wasn't automatic. I could roll. I did roll survivor, sure. and you only blinded the VIP. But yeah, uh, so yeah, hacking has a lot, a lot of stuff going for it eventually. And there's a lot of cool options. Like there's like we use. There's a very, there's a very well put together battle scribe builder for the system, um, and it thinks the apps for your hacking programs into different types. There's like five type attacks, defensive, environmental support, and probably another one, and like a half dozen of each, and they're all relatively unique. Like there aren't a bunch that make a wall, like light blast. Light blast is different to the distortion to control, um, and everything is hackable. Everything in this game is hackable. Your gun is hackable. Well, your knife is hackable. Yeah. You, to greater or lesser degrees, are hackable. Um, and it, it's generally you're not going to like turn off someone's knife, but you make it harder to use because it's the Internet of Things has one. We have lost the desire to have a lower tech knife. No one makes them. I don't. Um, there may be a way to have like a sharpened stick, but I haven't looked too hard for it. And the thing is, like, <laughs> the game is very clear. Like, you can still hack it. You'll find a way. <laughs> Well, it's uh, I guess it's 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 one of those things where like you know it's a it's a cyberpunk future hell world. Idiots are putting uh, Bluetooth uh, Bluetooth and internet capability into everything. You already have it in your fridge and in your washing machine, so uh, they'll put it in a knife next. You'll see. Uh, the only bad feel about the hackable guns that we had <laughs> back in the back in the day when we read the first read the rules is that oh you can buy protective sheets for them but you have to sheave your weapon in them so it would be unhackable mm. and that costs an AP and that isn't great. On the other hand, you might be there are like twenty grenades in the game. I don't know. <laughs> it's pretty. It's an AP grenade. I'm sure we can do it. Um, the one thing it reminded me of it's an interesting take on a similar solution, not a similar solution, um, a similar problem that Batman games have in that. How do you represent Alfred and the Oracle, and sorry, Barbara Gordon style Oracle or calculator for the um, organized crime contingents on the battlefield when they don't really get close to it? Like, you're not going to see Lex Luthor walking up to rubber bank unless things are really a very special elseworld. And you're not going to see, like, Barbara Gordon when she was Oracle walking out to mess up face so they introduced um intel operatives who have a bunch of special rules i mean they're there but they're not really there so you can't just shoot them and i quite like this as a take on solving problems where you want to have these fun little characters but they wouldn't have a gun and they wouldn't have fiber limbs to stab you with so this is a cool way to do it the walking through doors thing i was just assuming that it's your character rationalizing how they would move or it's like a drone projecting a hologram as well then why not shoot the drone because it's not there shut up don't worry about it yeah i guess you just have to assume that this is like a magical shadow world and, a, and that it and that there's a 
somehow representation of the real world in the uh, virtual space. On the other hand, those same virtual characters ignore linear obstacles and, the, and everything. They just have to enter buildings through doors. So I guess when somebody installs uh, your home router or your internet of things thing, they also digitally recreate your house. Well, that makes sense. Like, electricity is the thing. This girl with electricity is not. Maybe electricity becomes like a ferrous ferro cage, ferrous shield. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, uh, but an explanation of why they can't do it. The rules say they can't. That's the way it is. Yeah, yep. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, what else? Uh -huh. This game, one one really standout feature of this game, and I guess everybody will mention it, is uh, the bystanders, bystander rules. This game has a lot of uh, neutrals and NPCs and people you can just meet on the uh, well, not meet on the streets. They can get in the way of your of your stuff. But uh, bystanders are a special case of that. And uh, if Casa would like to take this from me, sure would. Um, bystanders are probably my favorite thing about this game. They were the first thing I thought of when I read it. It was like, oh, kind of harkening back to different sort of era of like reading uh, RPG heartbreakers. Like, man, this is a terrible game, but they've got this one really cool thing. We should just steal this one really cool thing, which isn't the case in this game, but just like this is the one thing I thought was like, wow. Um, bystanders are great. They're basically your. Um, you have essentially a CD or a DVD or a Blu-ray size area or a three, I think it's a five, five inch blast template size. Uh, yeah. They exist I, They exist in uh, both uh, individual miniature varieties yeah. and then the crowd varieties that go on a CD. If you get enough uh, bystanders, you have a crowd. And crowds are cool because you can use crowds as cover, Assassin's Creed style, or like a pop between them if you've got the right skills and sort of type of character. Um, yeah, and it's something that like makes it you can put some civilians down, and it's fun. Or you can grab one as a hostage, and then you have a meat shield, Dracula's America style, which is also really fun. Or sometimes they would just fucking shoot you because it's America and they have guns. Um, yeah, it's, it's 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 cyberpunk. So like, if civilian reacts to gunfire badly, they might just blam at you and then disappear. And if you and try to shoot someone through a crowd, you're probably going to shoot the crowd. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there are also like hacking systems that uh, th there's at least one hacking program that uh, allows you to basically summon a crowd of people, hmm. I think. Um, it's, yeah. And there's like generic ones where like, you have like a single individual as well to put them down. Um, it's, it's really neat and it makes the board much more sort of, it makes the game a lot less like Infinity style, like these are hardcore mercenaries or soldiers working as like black agents just go and just murder the other guys while pushing buttons and more like you kind of... You kind of just generic shitheads out to ruin someone's fun Friday night, and also do the other thing, and it feels very like pink mohawk sort of shadow run. Like you aren't, you don't matter, you aren't special. No one's shutting this area down for you to do your job. You got to deal with the real world happening. Like life goes on, no matter what happens here today. And it makes yeah. it a really interesting vibe. I mean, it, it it makes uh it makes for uh, battlefields that are less like you know, uh, how do you say it, uh, sterile. Yeah. Because because Infinity always presents itself like oh it's, it's stuff going down in the mean streets of Future Topia of uh, Neo Terra or whatever. And Everyone heard the sirens and went inside and closed their bulletproof doors. Yeah, yeah, and uh, there's nobody present. Uh, there are some consoles uh, that that are here, but there are never any people present. 
Uh, even most of the terrain that's made for Infinity is like urban terrain, and it's uh, and it's entirely devoid of people except for HVTs. And if they added civilians to the game, it would probably be one of those uh, many terrain rules that people absolutely never use and ignore. The saturation zones, saturation zones for days. There is that one Infinity mission that has like four HVTs to take out, and there's one with like three NPCs. You like cup game, find the real one. But bystanders are simple. They disappear. They roll the D10 if they're panicking and you see what happens. Generally, it's flight. They'll just move a little bit or they'll fight or something. Oh, you make a It's just... It's... Every game should steal this if they have anything to do with an urban built-up or any kind of area. Like, this would work with wild animals. There's no reason you can't use this for your deer. Mm. Shakespeare's yeah. personally. Like, it's just something that, like, the game brings it in and it sets a level of, like, this is why the game is the way it is. This is so you're not, you can't close the area down. You haven't got secret permission. It's like Friday night, like I said, Friday night in the noodle markets. And you brought a minigun. Have fun. So it's something that you'd love to see even in RTS games because, yeah. like, war, ga- war games keep, just keep happening in uh, these uh, environments that were cleared of any civilians and, uh, any real urban stuff and things and you'd think that stuff like special operations deniable ops or like an infinity and stuff would would still involve civilians because again these uh, aren't like supposed to be official ops they close down the area and stuff like every, uh, in infinity everyone's a shithead and they're just going going to do stuff where they have to do stuff but I guess it's not a thing they, they, they want to do because Infinity is very much a competitive tournament-aimed game and this would bring in some sort of friction that people might not enjoy, like, yeah. I don't know. And this, this like, neither of us are interested in, like, the bystanders as extra targets on the battlefield. I don't think, like, a war crimes simulator is an interesting aspect for this. True, It's, true. like, it's, it's more friction for the battlefield. Like Dracula's America, you can use them as shields in that game as well and sort of have like... Or blood um, bags. Yeah, or blood bags as well, which is something that you don't... Otherwise, you've got to rationalize it another way and say, like, oh, there's a person there. I just eat them. Um, yep. And yep. like, for making them as well, it's... I think there's a pretty pretty good idea there. I use train scale, like HO size humans, so they're smaller than your, your soldiers are. So your soldiers now look like cool, big, like important characters to take up more space than civilians. And like Unit 9 and um, Papsikel's the... STL guys both do amazing sprints, which is another problem for later on. So, uh, speaking of which, we didn't mention how you activate in this game or anything. Um, much like in, uh, this is not a test, uh, when you, at the start of the turn, you roll for initiative, and whoever rolls for initiative gets to activate their people first. Uh, roll d10, add metal, uh, and if you beat 10, your character can activate with two action points. If you fail, you can, you get one action point and the activations then move to the other player. If you roll a crit, you actually get three action points. And, and as long as you don't fail your activation rolls, as far as I'm aware, you can keep on going and uh, if, if the dice favor you, you can activate your entire team before the enemy player does, though that's not what usually happens. But that does make for exciting parts um, more friction when you encounter the shooting rules where you can shoot someone and you only find out what their state is when you swap um, controlling player. So if I yeah. shot, say, dense cyborg six times with my entire gang because I rolled hot on my metal tests and then I don't pass over player to his 
characters, I don't know if the cyborg is dead until or affected until that happens. Yeah, so it's stack uh, up wounds on someone and be like, "Oh, it's, it's, should I keep going? Do I keep shooting them, or should I just move on?" Like, keep shooting them. Always keep shooting them. Yeah, there's no, 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 no of that. It, 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 it sort of helps to nullify that effect that well, I shot that enemy. I know that he's out of action. I can move forward. It adds uncertainty, and I think uncertainty and bad trades or whatever are good in games. So. Not knowing whether the guy you shot is actually go is actually going down or he if he's actually dead, I think is a good part of the system. I think it was I thought it was excellent when it was introduced in uh, this is not a test and it remains excellent here. Yeah, it's um it works well. Uh, you have a, a standard roll off at the start of the turn to see who gets to go as the first player, and then play proceeds that way. It's yeah, it's it's not as like I don't think it's as exciting. As something like the card draw we saw in Infamy Infamy. So it's just straight up dice rolls, which is kind of boring. And then you can re-roll it if you've got the special character that's re-roll the dice once per game. There's a lot of once per game actions in this, and it's kind of eh, I think once per game yeah. is a bit boring. Yeah, yeah. I usually if I see once per game in basically any game in a rule set, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna not be taking that thing. <laughs> My last thought is if it's once per game, use it straight away. As soon as you can use it, you use it. If it's an act, if it's like a fortune point or a bonus grenade, you just you eat that motherfucker yeah, as soon yeah, as you have a yeah. chance to. Because the only, only thing worse yeah. is it sitting there waiting to be used. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, kill the RPG player inside yourself. Use that those consumables. Yeah. Oh no! They scratch my nose. Quick, use the best healing potion I have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of healing potions and stuff, army building. Nope. We nope. Wounds. Let's cover how you hurt someone. Okay, I I think we talked about it, but go on. No, we didn't cover go off strings at all. Oh, anyway, um, yeah, I, I I mentioned it, but like, if you want to underline it, oh, this it's um, yeah, it's like yeah, you shoot someone and then you roll to see if they're. You do another roll off this time of attack versus their defense. Um, most guns have a strength between five and seven for some reason. Melee's strength plus one or two. Yeah, it depends on the weapon, but I think yeah. we looked at that most of the guns uh, are strength six, yeah. like mini guns. Almost all of them. <laughs> yeah, almost all of them. There's like maybe two or three guns that are like strength five or strength seven. No, strength, which... f- strength five is the lowest. Strength seven is the highest. There is a couple that don't have strengths at all. Like there's a taser, it just yeah. shocks them or something. Um, yeah, and yeah, you do half yeah. damage rounded up if you you get past their defense. So you're doing yeah. three or four damage with a gun. That's the option. Yeah. Which uh, I, most of the like, time you're doing three. Yeah, yeah, almost constantly you're doing three damage because you know, half round up. And you can change. You can, you've got all this space in the book next to every gun. And you can just have like strength six slash something else and two different damage types rather than like well you know got yeah. HP and get shot three times. Guess everyone yeah, can take three I- bullets and no more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but like you know, it, it 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 can take some time to get you to like three bullets and down a person. Totally. Uh, but yeah, like Casa mentioned, it would be it, uh, it would have been a bit neater if they just had like you know slash how much damage that gun does, because like at at now you're doing a bit of math that's uh, that's entirely unnecessary and. The, there's really not that many, like we mentioned, that not that many guns with like variable uh, variable strengths. 
that would feel like an, an entirely necessary step. And uh, if you had uh, a damage type detached from the strength type, from the strength type, you could have guns that are like <laughs> maybe not that great at defeating armor, but uh, uh, very, very damaging. So, you know, like uh, ho hollow points? Yeah, like hollow point rounds are in real life. Not that great against damage, but boy, are they good. At, I mean, not that great against armor, but boy, are they good against uh, everything that's under the armor. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, it just feels like it's something. Like, maybe they've added an expansion once again. We didn't play expansions because we're cheap and we haven't much time. Yeah, and also it's, I think, show policy not to play expansions. <laughs> Unless we go on to Patreon, con uh, pa Patreon, then, then, then we'll have to do it. But, uh, hey. Whatever you pay us to do, we promise. That's the fortified niche guarantee. Hey. So uh, can we move to army building now? Do you have anything else? That's all you ever want to talk about, let's be honest. I mean, army building is a very <laughs> exciting part of the game. We can also talk about the missions you have in-game. There's... Uh, oh, the, 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 they, they exist. There, There's the usual uh, hack, the, uh, hack the consoles, uh, shoot the other guys, uh, but also some fun quasi-cooperative or actually cooperative stuff. Like the one mission that everyone will mention is that both of your gangs are hired to protect a ramen van, I think that's going across the map and neutral characters keep spawning in to raid it. And you're technically cooperating, but there's no, nothing preventing you from shooting the other team. So you can play this sort of uh, tongue-in-cheek silly take on the Necromanda escort mission. There's, yeah, it's, um, there's also, you can bid to be the attacker if you want. You just say I'm gonna spend 25 credit coins. Cryptocurrencies. Cryptocurrencies, yeah, whatever. I don't know if they're going to be affected during the time passes. Um, and most of them have, like, a twist or a hitch. Where, like, something happens, like the weather could be different, it could be cops or evil gangers. Out for blood! Or, or one of the games that we played where one of the team is guarding... Uh, a VIP and the other has to extract it, the VIP might become friendly to the attacker, actually. Or, as it was in our game, the VIP might increase his combat stats and gain an SMG to shoot at the attacking team more. So, yeah. like, or, you know. or Action News 5 is there to watch and see what happens. And if you take some minute, you get extra rep. Yep, yep, yep. So... So yeah, uh, he, so what you can see from the missions, they aren't like infinity type. This is entirely made from tournament packs. It's, uh, they, they are asymmetrical, with uh, often, often asymmetrical with attackers and defenders. And you know what? I like it. Uh, I like when missions are asymmetrical. I just, I hate how Warhammer and stuff has devolved into, hey, like, oh, well, both, we both have the same objective on this battlefield. Let's, uh, let's go attack these randomly important uh, parts of the table boohoy and i love this can't never play attack and defense because tournament players will be unhappy um it's also it's just yeah. sort of like um the special grudge missions like if your character gets if you capture someone else's character or if you're worth um a certain amount of credits i think it's like 1500 credits it's basically twice the starting level if your game gets that expensive and they're that good um you can play a special mission where the cops come after you and, oh my god, you're fucked. <laughs> yep, and uh, 
Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I love the ideas of asymmetrical, uh, asymmetrical missions. Yeah. Uh, and I guess I get, had, had some other groggy complaint about other games, but uh, I forgot it in the, uh, like, you know, in this scrum. <laughs> I think the missions don't inspire a lot of excitement to me because um, they're not particularly, like, amazing. They're all, like the, the ramen truck one is interesting, and a lot of them are sort of like variably uh, cooperative, like you say. But it's also the rewards are, are pretty shitty. <laughs> yeah, because this the, 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 this is like a, almost every Osprey game a campaign game, and you can play your campaigns in it. And but like, I. I I wouldn't want to particularly because I'm not that enamored with this game, but hey. So that's where where the money bidding thing comes in for, like being the first player or the attacker or the rewards, which are generally not that high. Hmm. And you can... like There is some interesting campaign stuff making characters. Um, the most yeah. annoying and worst campaign thing is the permahire mechanic. I think you can uh, talk about it at length. But the main thing is that the, the main thrust of the game is like the at the start of the game, there are only two stable characters in your gang. That's your uh, that's your show showrunner, who's the you character, and the shadow backer, which is the internet representation of whoever is backing you. The rest of Definitely. them are, yeah, different. The, the yeah, the rest of our the rest of the people you recruit are free hires, which uh, which it sucks. Don't gain skills. Yeah, they don't gain they skills. They're like don't gain skills. This costs you money, and may well leave at the end of the first game, and you're just out whatever it costs to hire them. Plus their gear, uh, I assume. Yeah, and what does it take to transform a free hire into a perma hire? Uh, well, you get to roll the dice and see if you get the chance to do it and then pay their starting cost again. And you can pay 10 credits to add a plus one to the dice roll. It's, you need a 10 to do it, so you can pay 100 credits and make it a guaranteed offer of them then paying them more money. Yep. So that's not great. It doesn't feel great. It seems very like, and then but once they're in your once they're a perma hire, they can start earning XP and skills and advances. Because like they, um, the advancing the advancing thing is kind of cool because you want to meet your personal goal. Like for a free runner, it's basically like move twelve inches or like make two like consecutive actions of a certain type. And cyborgs want to do damage, and hackers want to hack things. And Shadowrunners like, and Street Samurai want to take other take out other tough guys. Yeah, and like that's, that's kind of fun to sort of like this guy wants to do this and he's kind of good at it anyway, so that's okay. Yeah, yeah. But getting to that point is a pain. <laughs> it's a certain spot where uncertainty and randomness becomes uh, obtuse, unnecessary. It doesn't add anything to the game, and the, the risk the risks involved are just you know. They're not interesting. It's not fun. It's not a fun challenge. The only way you can improve your odds of hiring a person is just throwing more money at them. At which point I say, just just let people pay that money and get the perma hire or, or, or whatever. Or 
just start the game with perma hires or something because yeah. every because like who loves playing a game with campaign stuff where uh, your group doesn't earn experience which goes towards skill and stuff like what does everyone enjoy playing the juves uh, uh, juvies in necromanda well I all style um, juvies corpse grinding gangs too because their juves all start with grenades and infiltrate don't they that seems pretty good mm -hmm. so yeah um, that's that's that and rewards are kind of on the low end you get whatever the rewards the mission says which might be 50 creds or something low and you get to roll the d10, d3 times 10 for how many more credits you might get. So this seems very like you're grinding out the game, which to tie it back for a second, basically the way it works is your character, whatever, your new gang leader, is given like super advanced military space age hypertech to like run your dudes and so you can meet your shadow broker. And they're like, well, that's all we can afford, sorry. We got you the super tech. It's kind of it. If you could do everything else now with whatever you've got in your um, coin purse, that would be tremendous. And it just feels very like, but you've given me all of this. Give me some more. Yeah, yeah. It's the kind of indentured servitude where they give you the best uh, advanced tractor they have and then send you on a rocky patch of ground where even goats don't live and say like, mm -hmm. Well, uh, pay off your debt debt here. What, profit? Profit? Nah, we're not interested in that. We just love giving people tractors and putting them on a on a Sisyphean task of like yeah. uh, squeezing blood from stone. Ah, sorry. Um, just to be completely transparent, you roll your credit score thingy for each rep you earn, and so it looks like most of the attackers earn six rep, and the the, fed, the losers might earn uh, three rep, and then bonuses depending. So you might be making six chances at a d10 times 10 score or a d3 times 10, depending on how much you roll and how good it goes. That's an idea of how much credit. And basically a ganger costs like a ganger, a gang, this is a generic gang guy, um, no racism, we swear, costs 60 creds. Yeah, that, that, but that's the lowest type of character you can hire. Like the trash garbage man, trash garbage man everyone else is like around 100. Yeah. Uh, have we sneaked into uh, army building yet? Sure, why not? Yeah, army building. So if you thought that like the post-game sequence that we mentioned with rolling rep and then dice and stuff is fiddly as all hell, welcome to army building, which you'd say is fairly easy at the start, but it goes places, and I'm going to say that building an army without that... Battlescribe repository, which is by itself the messiest thing I've seen since I looked at Horus Heresy uh, Battlescribe, which was pure madness. Um, yeah, because like, sure, your gang, your, the, ga the start of your gang is easy. You choose your showrunner, which is just an upgraded version of one of the ganger classes, and you choose your shadowbacker, which, uh, how do I say it? It provides certain benefits to the hacking character and is also like sort of like your faction Necromunda gang because your Basically. Shadowbacker can be a hacktivist uh, collective, could be big media, could be corporate and stuff. And they have some bonuses dependent on that, but uh, not too many. And so your showrunner is the one character you'll always have. That's you. 
and the shadow backer avatar is the one hacking sort of capable virtual being that you'll always have and they act it actually spawns together with your character because your character is like you know their tether spot that's where they where they're where the they can radiate from where the bluetooth connection goes and then you have uh the rest of your funds, the starting funds are like 800 uh, cryptocurrency to hire some other dudes, which usually ends up being like three or four, four dudes once you buy all of their gear. And boy, howdy is buying all of their gear a thing because you don't do many choices for like character stats. Like, sure, each character you buy, each character class has their own, gives you a choice of like how to improve like one or two stats, their stat line. So a, a cyborg and a cyborg that you hire don't have to be necessarily the same. One of them might be have better movement or better attack skill. That's just an example. So one of them you might spec for close combat and the other for range. But then you start buying guns and it goes crazy because while there are like a handful of like handguns type stuff and long guns and some support weapons, and you get into grenades, cybernetics, cybernetic upgrades, gun upgrades and stuff. And it it already feels somewhat messy and convoluted on Battlescribe and doing it by hand would probably be insane. And does this, does this make all the bonuses you have and all the tiny tchotchkes a little hard to track in game? Yes, yes, it does. Well, let's, let's give the... Our wonderful listeners, an example of how many choices you get to make to make character. Let's make. I know. We'll make a, a shadow, a street runner. Where's their page? I lost their page. You mean showrunner? No, street samurai. Sprawl Ronin. Oh, sorry. Yeah, sprawl Ronin, not street samurai. Uh, See, the yeah. different IPs. Yeah, totally different. Um, yeah, so you get Sprawl Ronin, they've got their uh, base stats. The first thing you get to do is make one, you get to pick from their Sprawl Ronin stat increase table, which is plus one move, or plus one aim, or plus two melee, or plus one aim and plus one melee, or plus one move and plus one melee. All very exciting choices, I assure you. You definitely won't be picking the same for your entire gang the entire time, at all. Um, then you get to roll a d6 to pick which skill he starts with, which is, there are three tables, six choices, none of them are interesting. Um, is it sorry. for is, is it for both free hires and the perma hires or I believe free hires start with a skill and then perma okay. hires get to take the tricks of the trade. Ah, okay, right, right. Um, yeah. yeah, so you get Continue. to take one of your um, D6 skills, you get to make a note of their edges. Sprawl Ronin have three different edges, they have eight slots to carry things, and they can choose a prime weapon set, they can choose a melee weapon, handgun, or a long gun. You can pick which one of these you want. And then they yeah. want to deal with 12 points of damage. And that's basically their mate, which isn't like a lot of choices, not a lot of exciting options. And like, if you want to make a cyborg, it's, it's just more things. Um, but yeah, like you may have noticed, you have to choose a primary weapon. That primary weapon gets plus one to all its rolls. Yeah, there which is, is... There is no reason you'd ever change guns in your characters. Or not pick the same yeah. gun for everyone. Yeah, this doesn't have the Necromunda thing of like well, shit, there's like 250 guns in the game, like 15 of them are good and I can only buy five at the start. So mm -hmm. I, I know I know what, what weapon I'm taking for now before I'm going to invariably 
switch it because that one rule about gangers not changing weapon has been ignored consistently by everyone who has ever played new necromanda this game also allows you to just switch stuff out on the run but why would you do it because you have that skill that says that you get plus one to your heavy smg fire and your and there is not a better heavy smg out there bonuses are not easy to come by the range modifier table either so you want that plus one all the time as long as you remember that it exists yeah we did not realize the first game just thought oh i've I've picked heavy machine guns obviously my guy has heavy machine gun know what that means not at all it's gonna buy him a gun no one comes with anything because why would they Um, yeah but like so you pick your plus one option and you look at the guns guns are kind of all the same i think i'm going to sacrifice the plus one damage of a rifle and lose the 10 inches, oh, sorry, the plus 4 inches of a assault rifle and the plus 1 strength, save myself 2 creds and take a heavy SMG. A heavy SMG has two incredible abilities. One of them is burst, use all your AP, make an extra shot. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, that's great. It's three shots per turn. But compact, compact means you can move and then also get burst. So your 2 AP guy can still shoot twice and move. I mean, yep. he has a penalty for moving, but he counts with his plus 1 of whatever. So my... My immediate thought was, everyone gets heavy SMGs. My entire gang had heavy SMGs and cyborg legs for other reasons. But, you know, you can also buy yeah. guys cyborg legs or arms or torsos or heads or motivators. No, not, 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 not heads. There are eyes and there are upgraded implant chips. Yeah, yeah, upgraded so, like, neural links and stuff. <laughs> yeah, and just like your weapons, oh, 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 your weapons have some upgrades. Your cybernetics have a lot of upgrades. And if you go into the campaign system, uh, cybernetic upgrades come with an IP cost, and IP cost means you can get subject to cyber psychosis because that thing that has never existed in a cyberpunk book and only came about from RPGs as a balancing mechanic or something has now been deeply ingrained in, in, so in cyberpunk as a fairly problematic thing, I guess. Uh, well, but I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm confident if you went back to like Neuromancer or something, you'd see the cyborg going crazy because his implants are acting up. But it's not because he's less human, it's because his implants are acting up because the protagonist is doing things to him. Rather than could like, be, oh. could be. Yeah. Well, Molly never got uh, insane, but anyways, she wasn't that borked up anyways so yeah that's 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 how you build your gang and if and if the shadow and parallels weren't enough for you you can buy a drone jockey and then he gets to buy a drone and they control drones exactly like you do in the harebrain scheme Shadowrun games you sacrifice one of your action points to give the drone two action points and the drone exists within some area of it. from you yada 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 the drones are i was hoping exciting. some uh, black desert Red sand? Soul drones? Uh, like, black, like, black, sorry, powder, black powder. Red, red sand. Yeah. yeah. Red earth. I was thinking for some... <laughs> I was thinking some black powder red earth style shenanigans where I yeah. have a drone. It is a knife missile brought to you by Raytheon. And yeah, this yeah, once yeah. per game, I can just knife missile you from across the board because that's what drones do. Now, they have like knives. Drones are just like weird dog things that kick people to death soon, I'm well, sure. Well, not everyone, only the, the one that I brought. Uh, even for attack drones, they're about as exciting as the uh, video, video game Shadowrun one that lays down a smoke screen, which feels like a waste when you could just have a drone that shoots people. Uh, but yeah. Oh, yeah, it's like um, surveillance drones and stuff, yeah. 
it just feels like making them into this next year character feels like a waste. Like having them as like a call-in. I'm not going to fix the game. I'm not interested in doing that. Um, yeah, the drones are there. They're just an extra character you get. You can give them more bonuses to do things. Most of them are pretty quick. Um, you can use them to draw a line of sight. And line of sight isn't required for some attacks. Like grenades. You can just yeet a grenade at someone across the wall. And it's great. <laughs> you can throw yeah, your yeah. cyborg eye at someone so you can then start pointing, start seeing from there for your attacks. It's, it's very, very exciting. And it's an, also an upgrade you can buy. And you have to keep track on all of that. And some of it surely is the issue of how the uh, battle scribe thing is formatted, but you can't lay it at the feet of Osprey or the game developer because it's fan-made and it's for free. So, you know. We could always do it ourselves by hand with a pen and paper or a form fillable PDF. Yep, yep. But I refuse to do that because it's 2022. Yep, and yep. Uh, make an app. Make, we, <laughs> make a spreadsheet that works. Oh god, the spreadsheets! Uh, yeah, before I before I went to, on Battlescribe to look for it, Casa uh, sent me a spreadsheet, and I looked at the instructions on the first page, and I was like, you know what? Not going to engage with this. That's fair. Um, there's a bunch of cool special type of ammo you can get. You can make your gun shoot micro missiles or large caliber, or turn it into like goop to slow people down. Or webbing, or traces, or but there's a bunch of stuff to personalize your gear and make it much more your own. You can have a crew of completely different guns and setups and choices and options. If you care, yeah. Yeah, if you have that sort of brain space and emotional energy, and I don't, I just want all my guys to have the same gun, because it's way easier. What do I shoot? I'm shooting this gun. What does it do? It's the same as everyone else's gun. How fast can I make yeah. it the same as everyone else? <laughs> Yeah, and the differences aren't that exciting between the guns, so you just take anything, anything. Why did they yeah. take the assault rifle instead of an SMG? I, know, I like assault rifles. Yeah, the <laughs> model has one, and that's what I'm using today, which is fine. That's totally valid. If you want to convert you guys to be whatever you want to be, there's a lot of options in here to make them as unique as you prefer them to be. And as always, there's improvised weapons. You can model the guy holding a big street sign or something, or a car, depending on size. And it's totally... Totally valid. Um, uh, hey, we are kind of like sliding into the excuses to buy miniatures section of the game, where I say like, hey, it's one way to use your infinity stash. Oh, your other two necromander models, I'm sure, would work fine in this. There's a lot of space for that. Yeah, you have a you, you have your leftovers from Urban War or whatever. Use those. Yeah, or my uh, mini factory has a bunch of cyberpunk guys like Unit 9, Papsicles, uh, Titan Forge, Cyberforge range. There's always Kickstarters going for cyberpunk dudes. It's getting more yep, and more yep. popular. Just watch it. Yep. We're inundated with uh, cyberpunk stuff these days, so, you know, uh, you're uh, spoiled for choice, kind of. Yeah, and like, yeah, honestly, the Iron Building, there's a lot of options there. We, we, say, we make it sound a lot tougher than it is the the reality is there aren't a lot of options there aren't a lot of changes you can make for your character like there's three stat bonuses you can take then it's a weapon sorry characters have carrying slots and weapons take up a certain amount of carrying slots like looking at the infiltrator he has six slots i don't know when you would ever fill that up except for with mission objectives a gun or like grenades yeah a gun is two IP, uh, carrying points so that's important and then you have grenades, but grenades cost money and bullets are free. So, <laughs> <laughs> I buy grenades. 
Yeah, yeah, and this, like I said, the ga this game has a lot of grenades. Like, think system shock one levels of grenades. Uh, some of them even, like, you, do, you throw a grenade and now it provides your line of sight and stuff. But yeah. Or tear uh, gas, or sleep grenades, or Molotov cocktails. Molotov cocktails are always a good idea, no matter what the system is. <laughs> Molotov system. Yeah. So, so Molotov oh. cocktails. My my cyborg out dude that's like a total conversion cyborg from Rifts is going around throwing Molotov cocktails. Yeah, that's one mega damage, man. And armor's popular and simple to get. It's just 10 to 40 cyborg credits. This plus one to plus three armor. Yeah, um, but the... Uh, but the best your speed. And agility on the higher level, so we're doing uh, Dungeons and Dragons up in the cyberpunk here. Unless you get the armor skill, which negates your difficulties and stuff, and so your characters can get pretty beefy, even though armor doesn't stack past uh, plus four or something. Yeah, you're right. You're yeah. Right, you have spots. Um, so you, so because cyborg bodies give you armor and then you can buy armor so you could probably raise your defense up to unrealistic levels so the game prevents that so at least there's that unlike in say necromunda where everyone was buying armored undershirts on everyone to get that plus one or the stalker game uh zona alpha yeah zona alpha had some i saw some fun shenanigans with that before it was eroded about just yeah. buying as much armor as you can just basically walking around in exosuits <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Most of, sorry. So, so, most of the so, gear yeah. has weird upgrades. Like the Chrome has like 25 different enhancements, which is too many. I'm not going to go into them. Told you. I don't care. <laughs> and, not, and some of them go into any piece of gear, but others are like gear specific. So you're not putting your kangaroo jump upgrade into your cyber arms, or you're not putting your throwable eye into your cyber tour. So you, it has to go into the eye implant. Yeah, and they all cost cybernetic body parts. All cost IP. Yeah, the the things the the, the things that cause insanity. But so yeah, this is probably the shortest excuses to buy miniatures we'll have because like, hey, cyberpunk miniatures, get them while they're here. <laughs> it's so much variety out there. If we come back to Infinity a lot, because the modern Infinity stuff is just tremendous. Um, I don't know. I just, just pick something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, man. throw a stone on the Google, but then you'll find a bunch. Yep, yep. Uh, and I think this allows us to move on to the compliment sandwich. I'll start, and I'll say that I I liked the not just the bystander rules, but the whole thing that makes it feel like it's happening in modern urban terrain. It's a lived-in space. There are living type people situations happening around you. You're uh, not shooting. You're not shooting at each other in a clean arena, if it as if it was prepared for a real tournament. So that's good. That's great. Yeah, I say myself, the lived-in world is fun. Something different. That's honestly, it's really different. You don't see that a lot. Even games with like bringing NPCs don't. Dracula's America is the only one that comes to mind. Um, and that doesn't have the blobs of dudes. You stole my compliment, you son of a bitch. Yeah, that's why I went first and also did the, the, the whole transition so fast. Yeah, okay. So fight shooting someone and then them being in that liminal dead state is interesting. It makes for cool choices if you can successfully keep continuing your activations and being like, well, I've hit you three times. Your defense isn't great compared to my gun strengths. I can move on 
relatively confident that something will happen to you. And if I shoot you and you get grazed, you still back away around the corner, which can open me up for the next action, and your Overwatch skill goes to one. Yeah, uh, I, I think the Quantum Uncertainty Death State is good, because even if you got a hot run of dice and just shoot up the enemy team, you never know if, they were, if they'll actually die for their activation, and you don't have the assurance that your other miniatures can act with impunity because, hey, I shot that Cyber Samurai three times, uh, he's down now and I can do whatever. That Cyber Samurai might shrug off all of those wounds next turn and then come after you. Uh, imagine like all of those times in Infinity where you as an active player like had to like duel uh, another miniature like two or three times before it went down so you could open yourself an avenue for approach imagine if that miniature uh, uh, remained alive until you like activated another character or something so it, it definitely yeah it definitely changes up the whole experience it kind of nerfs alpha strikes a little and uh, yeah it's, it's, it's a good feature and it gives the opponent a chance to like react to it rather than these like, I'm gonna shoot you, no you're dead. I'm gonna shoot you, no you're dead. Like I'm gonna shoot you. Oh do I keep shooting? I've shot you once. Once is a lot. But also there's a lot of meat to get shot through. So now it's time to overcommit. <laughs> yep, yep. If the so if brain goes brrr. If a thing is worth doing, it's worth doing three times and with a heavy machine gun. Uh, so yeah, so yeah, so yeah. If I had to complain about the game, it's really hard to like put it in one place. But just the this is... book between the front cover and the back cover is probably. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say that the. Um, I guess it's. I'm going to be like fiddliness of all the dozen different modifiers you can get per character from all the stats and the gear. It's really. Not that great to keep uh, to keep track of, uh, especially since since uh, the battle scribe itself brings in a certain bit of uncertainty because some pieces, some bits are some changes are reflected in the stat line, some aren't. Uh, if you do it uh, the old-fashioned way, you you still have to keep track of all the edge case bonuses and whatever whatever you may have, and I do not enjoy that. Yeah, and even like the straight up lack of modifiers in the game can be apparent. Like the range modifiers, there's like within your short range, like six inch, six to nine inches, depending on skills and stats and abilities. And that's like the only positive modifier. If they've moved, it's a negative. If it doesn't cover, it's a negative. If it's outside of that range, it's basically a negative. It's it's so hard to be in like a winning position. In combat, short of like stacking melee modifiers and just being a melee beast, which it seems like much more approachable. And that's fine, like it makes it for a simpler game. But most guys have aimed three or four, and if you're minus two to that, it's just all right, roll a 10. Yeah, it's just a flat d10 roll. Uh, so that, was that your uh, com was that your complaint? Yeah, that was your complaint. My complaint. Is that cyberpsychosis is, 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 is dumb? Saying that you lose your humanity for getting augments is really gross. Like, so here's my point of view on this. I saw an incredibly informative like um, social media post one day saying that a cyber arm is the equivalent of a wheelchair. 
Every time you see someone in fiction say, look at my cool cyber arm, you should mentally replace that with, look at my cool wheelchair. Wheelchairs can be cool. Disability aids are important. And there's nothing, like, I'm not saying they're negative in any way. But that is not how this game says it. This game literally says, all models start, except cyborgs, start out with human. The first piece of augment makes them no longer a human. Uh, change stuff from human to augment. So yeah, they stop being a human when they get cyborg gear. Cyborgs get to make cyber shock tests, which means you might go crazy and shoot your friends, or just lose your turn, or do something else, or get cyber psychosis because you're overloaded with chrome. Which I just think that's not something exclusive to this game. Shadowrun does it, Cyberpunk does it. Cyberpunk 2077 has a whole mission chain if you like Potentially just murdering dudes who had the wherewithal to like come back from war with PTSD and deal with it badly. Like, I don't like seeing it. I think it's dumb and I wouldn't use it in the game. It doesn't balance cyborgs at all. It's just yeah. stupid and reductive and recidivist. Yeah, it's, uh, it doesn't really have place in a war game, I'd say, because like it's no. more of a... If you wanted to do something like that, you should only ever do it in RPG and f- think up of a way that doesn't say that... Uh, and I should have- tell you as a player, I want this to be the focal point of my character, that they're dealing with, like, they've lost their limbs or for whatever reason they've been replaced and now they're a robot. Like the Shadowrun character who decides he doesn't want to be a wizard anymore they don't like having to deal with magic because they replace all their human parts, all their fleshy parts with chrome. Yeah, they're no longer a wizard. But all like uh, in the discussions that Goons had about it, uh, I, I I noted uh, an interesting alternative if you still don't want to have like, you know, cyborgs run away with it, is that it would be like a more of a hubris mechanic because yeah. not the, uh, when when we got into, sh- into shadow runs and stuff, we don't just want... Uh, arms that are just like you know future wheelchairs we want arms that shoot lasers allow us to punch through cars and like you know have chainsaws inside them and then you can start looking at it from the privilege angle because or or something like it because like haha i am now above human because i can see an ultraviolet that allows me to see twice as many dirty drawings at the bathroom than the other person uh but and uh, this is something I guess that the player has to gets to deal more in a personal matter, and I guess you add certain choices and compulsions in the game because you see yourself above human now at this point. If you wanted to add this again, this is not something you would add in this game, except for maybe like personal motivations. But yeah, no, well, why have it? And Hardwired Island also brings it up of like most of these people getting these full augments, like it's going to be people like Dent and I who are just like low level blue collar workers like hey you don't need two fleshy arms to lift crates it'd be way better for our bottom line if you actually had a cool robot arm that's more like a crane and you can deal with that in your personal life off time but at the moment we own that crane arm so don't you mess with it and so to be fair to the game cyber shock the cyber psychosis this is this thing only happens if the damage if the an augmented model takes four or more damage or does a fumble in their activation Maybe certain um, hacks can do it as well. It's, it's like 40 hacking things. Something will be there. Um, there's penalties for how many RP you have. I just... It doesn't add anything to Cyborg. Yeah. It makes them a negative. Yeah. Like, that's all it says. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, look, in Cyberpunk, we all want to be cyborgs. Stop penalizing us at that in the most boring, fun, take-away-y yeah, thing it's possible. boring. That's also the main part about it. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, and it's, it's, it's the, the way I, I hate it so much because it stands out so much against like the cool bystander rules. Like, it's, look at this cool thing you've done that makes the world so much more interesting. And look cool. at this stupid thing yeah. that feels shitty. Yeah, bystanders are cool and innovative. Uh, yeah. Meanwhile, cyberpsychosis is just a genre sacred cow that you have there because everyone has there and you didn't think too much about it while you're adding it in the game. And it's there and it's there and it's uh, at the at best it's a balancing mechanic at, w- at which point is like, why couldn't you come up with a better, more fun balancing mechanic? In this case, you already wrote a game where a hacker can't walk, can't hack himself through the wall. He has, he has to cyberly walk around it. So you can do as much arbitrary stuff as you want. It also has um the yeah, this other campaign things I don't like. But that's just me. Yeah, yep, yep. I'm gonna take now, two bad things. It has fucking your characters can die in the campaign mode, and I hate that. You should never take the choice of a character to die away from me. It's not fun. It's random. It's boring. I hate it. <laughs> uh, I'm of I'm of two hearts about it. One of them is cyborg, but uh, I, I don't feel like I don't feel strongly about it to go into it. And in fact, I'm trying to come up with a second compliment, uh, which is I have a compliment ready to go. Okay, you do it. Um, heavy SMGs are really good. Uh, like I said before, first in contact <laughs> is a really exciting system of uh, combination of skills. It is free, and it's one of the cheaper guns you can buy. Just give all you guys compact SMGs. Also, I know I complain about cyber psychosis and stuff, but most of the cyborg things are neat. Um, cyber legs are cheap and give you guys plus your movement. So, cyber legs and heavy SMGs, and just go from there. That's what I like. <laughs> <laughs> I guess uh, uh, my 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 other compliment would be close to the first one. I like the uh, uh, I like the hacking stuff that says stuff about the world, like you know, uh, like hack, hacking hacking uh, hacking a group of people into onto the board is called idolu, which is like idol. So I guess you yeah. uh, you just spawn a holographic representation of an idol. If you played the Deus Ex sequel that never existed, and we don't talk about it, and it's kind of invisible uh, war type thing, that one had a- AI representations of an idol that turned out to yeah. be a crap person you, in the end. You so summon Hatsune Miku, it's great. Yeah, yeah. So you summon Hatsune Miku, a bunch of weeps come in, and that, now there are a problem on the table. You have raised barrier, which means that there are barriers all around the city that cops can raise for cop reasons or something. Yeah. Uh, and you have that one, and it's not hacking, but you have the that mission, which is uh, which is about like you know protecting a ramen truck. So yeah, my, my, honestly, my second positive would be the art. The art is great in this whole game. The art is tremendous. Um, it's yeah, really the, the, art, the, the, the art is fun, yeah. Uh, Thomas Elliott, I believe, did the art for all the game. He now works for GW, so, you know, props to him. Yeah. Uh, Check out his art station, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, if we're done with the compliments, today we are done. To, we're go- going down to the last part, which is, would we play Reality's Edge? Uh, Casa? No, no. I I will can and plan to steal the bystander rules for lots of other games. Though. Uh, same. Likewise, it's uh, outside of like bystander rules and some of the odds and ends there that I mentioned. Uh, it's not catching me. It's, uh, it doesn't do stuff that I like really. It's doesn't provide interesting challenges. Mm. Uh, it's 
uh, it's very unlike Infinity, which uh, even before I started playing it, I read the rules and I, and I was like, wow, this thing is cool as shit and that thing is cool as shit and that thing is like very cool. Uh, this one isn't like that. So no, I would not play Reality's Edge. Yeah, I'm not like, I, I don't think it's a bad game. I just don't care for the cyberpunk aesthetic it offers as much as other things. Um, it, it's the, oh, I don't know. I don't know what my real problem with it is. Like, I just don't have any time for it. Like, it doesn't grab me. There's no interesting line of model. I'm going to say that this is uh, not a very valid line, I'd say, because we don't really have time for anything. But, <laughs> but I, mean, like, I, I have like games with you, and I have games yeah. with my friends, and there is nothing in this game that's interesting enough for me to say to my friends, "Hey, this game does this, and it's really cool, and it makes up for everything else." Like I've convinced my friend to play Pulp Alley because, like, yeah, let's do some like weird pulpy thing. We play a lot of Batman, so we'll play this sort of adjacent to Batman. It just sort of ties in. But if we want to play weird semi cyberpunk games, we'll just play Infinity because yep. it's fast and it's tight and we don't play campaign games anyway so that doesn't isn't a like a net bonus for us sadly it's really sad and yeah. it's like a bummer to tell people that like oh yeah the game's great i don't i can't play campaign games though just don't have time don't have the patience don't have i i can't commit i mean uh i've played infinity campaigns and i've played blood bowl and stuff and i i know i could play campaign games i mean play not win them but yeah. even the campaign is like yeah it, it doesn't grab me. I'm not going to play a game just because it has interesting bystander rules. Yeah, and like the main thing I look for in campaigns is how much of it is the shoveling shit? How much do I have to deal with before I get to the bit where the game is fun? And what catch-up mechanics does it have or ways to stop um, snowballing for the victor? And it's like nothing here. Weird of you to start talking about Dungeons & Dragons all of a sudden, but okay. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, uh, uh, this was uh, th so yeah that was our episode about Reality's Edge. Unless you want to add anything, no. <laughs> so next time we will return with a new game. Uh, hopefully, good, nice, cool experiences. Would it potentially be the uh, game of space battles on the moon, lunar? Probably not. We where we have a lot of trouble getting in contact with the publishers. If you have contacts, you know where to ping us. Uh, so we're probably going to review something else <laughs> and hope we're going to have a good time. Who wrote something else? I haven't heard of that one. Which one? Who wrote something else? I haven't heard of that game. Ah, yeah. No, me neither. Uh, potential, uh -huh. potential, potentially some Jace, uh, Joseph. Uh, hmm. <laughs> So, uh, this has been uh, JC Dent. A pleasure as always. I'm Casa. Check out my postings and podcast appearances. Yeah, this boy. Podcast. <laughs> yes. And this has been, as always, Fortified Niche. See you all next time. Bye.